This meeting of the Movie Council is now in session. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Movie Council podcast. My name is Tim Sherry. I am your host. I'm here with my boys. We're going to be talking about movies like we have done for the last, what, three months now every Friday night? It's really great. great, Yeah, it's really great. Tonight is season one, episode 12. All right, let's uh, let's get into the podcast. Wait, uh, what's wrong? What what, what happened? What happened? Dude, I think I think you forgot the tagline. Tito. Oh shit! Right. Oh, it was well, supposed to be was... Yahtzee? No, I don't. Yippee motherfucker! Oh, we were supposed to. I actually kind of like Showtime. That. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I like guys. I guess, it's like I addition need... by subtraction. Yeah, I need to be honest with you. I I have not felt creative this week. Uh, I have I've, you been drinking uh, enough? Uh, uh, that's never a problem, but uh, I, I don't know. I just, uh, I've been thinking all week about a tagline and it just never, it never came to me. So I just didn't do one tonight. And I think the, uh, the very, very quiet echo that happened at that moment was probably just as good as any tagline that I've come up with. So uh, yeah. Yeah. I know AJ was a big fan. So uh, <laughs> any again, my, my name is, uh, my name is Tim Sherry. I am the CEO and founder of the movie council. We are doing the movie council podcast tonight. Again, this is episode 12, 12 episodes. I mean, you really think about wow. it, boys. That's like a full season of like a TV show, like a good TV show. And we've knocked out, well, about to knock out 12 episodes tonight. We're coming back with a, with a retread, but something I'm really interested in doing tonight. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. with some great movies that uh, we're going to be talking about tonight. Uh, but, of course, we need to go around the panel, talk to the players, as we always do. Because uh, these are amazing movie people who you guys need to know who they are before you hear their voice. And, of course, I kick it off with my big bro the co-founder, the COO, one of the better movie guys I've met in my whole life. Andrew Sherry, how are you feeling tonight, my man? I'm feeling very good, actually. Good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't know how much I wanted this topic again until I got into the week and started watching all these movies. I didn't realize how much I wanted this back, this yeah. topic. Yeah, I, I, loved our, uh, I loved our first week. Unfortunately, the first time we did this particular topic, we were really trying to uh, press for time constraints. And since then, we just said, apparently, we don't give a flying fuck how long we talk about movies for on any given night. That's true. So, you did say that. Yeah. So, uh, so last time, we, we really condensed it to an hour. Tonight, we can go as long as we want. We'll get into what that is in just a few minutes because it is my pick again this week. But we have to finish up the introductions. Next up, another one of my big bros, the podcast creator. And of course, the most important thing about this sexy mf he is my chief boy toy, Dan Sherry. What's going on, man? Hey, hey, what's happening, Tim? Super excited. I like, like Andy said, like it, watching these movies. I'm so psyched for doing this topic again. This is, yeah, this is a good one. So I can't wait to to talk about these movies with everyone. It's gonna be fun. So, uh, but. Again, while I got the mic, let me give a couple shout-outs here. Uh, Shout-out to our uh, Instagram and Twitter handles. We're at Movie Council Pod. Please come follow us. Uh, if you're listening to us on iTunes, give us a review and rate us. Give us five stars. Write a review. Tell you what, if you write a review for us, we'll, uh, we'll read it on the air 
probably want to hear. So, you know, write us something good. We'll, we'll read it on the air or send us an email at moviecouncilpod at gmail.com. And we'll read your emails or send them. Like we actually got an email this week, boys. Nice. I'm excited to hear right. that. And, and Dan, if I'm being really honest, I'll double down on that and say, if you review us or send us an email or give us a Twitter uh, retweet or comment or Instagram, mm-hmm. well, you can come on the show if you'd like. Oh, fuck, fuck it. it. I like that. Fuck it. I thought you were going to say that you were going to mail out $5 or something. No, I don't have any money. Uh, uh, well, you know, you can come on the show. You can do a guest appearance for 15 minutes. Just rate us. Give us something. All right? Because this, this show is the shit and everybody should know about it. All right? I completely agree. So let me, uh, so, let me, um, let me finish off the panel real quick. And uh, DP, I will get back to you before we get into things. Okay? All right. Sounds good to me. Let's swing it on down to Charlotte from my boy. My brother from another mother, the... The sexy, sultry, southern, handsome art director, security director, Mr. Marky Bondurant. What's up, man? Oh, not much, man. Appreciate that. Doing good. Like these other guys, I'm also excited for tonight. Uh, I had the same feeling during the week because I know that, uh, you know, you guys aren't going to do me wrong when you – uh what have we even said what the topic is? Doing the pick – Yes, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. We're doing, we're doing the pick a movie again yes. for each other. And yes. I know that, you know, whatever one of you guys chooses for me is going to be something that I haven't seen, but in your mind is good. And as much as we have different tastes, it, we know it's going to be a good movie. So I was excited to get into it and watch this movie. I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah. And Marky, uh, I got lucky this week because you picked for me. Yeah, so it, it's going to be a lot of fun. Before we get to that, I got to kick it back to Dan because yes. uh, Dan, you have something for us this week. It's a we, this is our housekeeping segment. We have a housekeeping segment every week, and uh, luckily we have not been cited by HR in a few weeks, which has been nice. Um, uh, I think we might need to do some things to change that at some point. But I agree. Uh, for now, we're not rocking the boat. We're all we're all uh, we're all doing the right thing not getting in trouble. That's, that's important. Uh, so DP, you have a housekeeping, uh, a housekeeping thing for us. Why don't you go ahead with it? Yes. Thank you. So we, uh, we got an email and, uh, you know, during our, our, our doomsday movies, uh, podcast, we asked people if they, uh, had a list of the five movies to, uh, send it to us and we'd read it. And here we go. We got one. This is from Patrick. And he says, Hey, hey guys, Loved your topic last week about the five movies you would take with you into your doomsday bunker. After listening to the episode, I wanted to email you to give you the five I would take with me. I know some of you picked some of the same ones. Just goes to show you guys have great taste in movies. Below are the five I would take. And here's his list. Casino. A Star is Born. (laughs) Million Dollar Baby. Mystic River. And last but not least, the critically acclaimed, the best movie ever produced, wait for it, Armageddon. Oh, <laughs> Motherfucker, <laughs> you know? <laughs> All right, okay. so we've got a troll. I don't know if we've got a fan. <laughs> so, and he, he goes on to say, okay, that was a joke. Personally, these are the five I could watch in rotation over and over again and not get sick of them. Shawshank Redemption, Bad Words, Kingpin, Crazy Stupid Love, A Few Good Men. 
Yeah. Really enjoy the podcast, boys. Hope you keep going. Yours truly, the Booker Man, Patrick McEwen. Uh, see, Dan, when you first told me we had an email uh, from from somebody named the Booker Man, I thought, oh, Dan's making this up. But now that you've read the context of the email, that has absolutely happened. That email is real. Oh, yeah, 100%. There's no doubt in my mind. <laughs> because that motherfucker has been torturing me about Armageddon for minimum 20 years. It's, uh, it, it's, it's, it's real. 20 years, 20 years. He's been, he's been absolutely going at me about how much I hate that movie. So I do love the poetic justice right there. It was great. Mm, And, uh, yeah, I'm surprised actually though, about his five, I'm surprised he didn't put, uh, coming to America or roadhouse in there to be really Mm. honest with you. So, but he did go with crazy, stupid love. So, and Shawshank, and he put in bad words. I'm (laughs) bad words is, great so yeah is it that's the the spelling b one with yeah jason bateman right yeah. i haven't seen that oh, is it's, it it's oh it, it is right, uh, it's twisted i was surprised how much i like that one it's absolutely twisted but it's great it's really really great so awesome uh boys before we get into anything uh this week and but by, by the way just quick shout out the booker man thank you so much for the email we all love you you're you're a part of this family and you know we should have the booker man on some night to be really honest with you yeah. maybe the booker man's greatest hits one night would be a great right. topic uh roadhouse a few good men armageddon coming to america <laughs> another 48 hours that's another one of his uh, armageddon again no well, that's not <laughs> happening no it's not happening uh but uh guys anything else before we get into what we're doing this week i had nachos tonight and they were delicious yeah from at home or from a restaurant at home yeah sam made them they were fucking great so i'll be burping a lot i have already oh, so i apologize I mean, that's, for that that's literally why you get a wife so you can get things like that happening for you i mean it's literally top five yeah it's phenomenal so all right so let's do it we, we're getting back into it we're in episode 12 uh and we are doing a retread marky mentioned it we're doing pick a movie round two, and it's going to be a little different this time. Only be well for a couple of reasons. One, we we've changed the order of who's picking for who, but also we have we're not we're not uh, doing any kind of time constraints this week. We're going to talk about things. I'm familiar with all the movies. I don't know if all of you are all familiar with all the movies, uh, but I am. So I'm going to be running my mouth incessantly. AJ, I see you. Uh, we're uh, going to be running my mouth all night long. I hope you guys are, are strapped in for it. AJ, what do you got for me? Well, uh, one key component of this is that all the movies are under the radar type movies. We all had to pick for each other. That is very true. Yep. Uh, was that a caveat uh, to this whole thing? Okay. Yes. Because it, no, it was. What, wasn't, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Oh, I thought it would just kind of fell into place yeah. like that. Was it because, guys, I'm going to be really honest with you, and this is another quick little piece of housekeeping that I wasn't, I didn't think we'd have to bring up. I don't much. remember like the last <laughs> 20 minutes of last week's podcast, to be yeah. really, really honest with you. And when I listen back to it, yeah, it makes sense. I was definitely, yeah, I was there last week. So uh, I don't, in fact, if you guys remember, I uh, started texting you over the weekend and asking you what the hell the topic was for this week, which was my own topic that I didn't remember picking. So uh, that, yeah, last week was, was, was interesting. Uh, so again, it is my choice this week. It was my choice. Pick a movie was my choice last time, but last time we did it again, we kind of did it on the fly I had to change things up. And then we had time constraints and then, fun, a- and then AJ didn't speak to us for like three days because of it. But you know, that's, that's behind <laughs> it, that, you know, well, we'll get into it another time, but, uh, but yeah. back by popular, 
popular demand. Absolutely. And it was a great, yeah, you're right. This, this is under the radar <laughs> stuff this week, definitely. And I think these are great movies that we're going to get into. So uh, I didn't even think about this. I have not done a lot of prep work for this week other than seeing most of these movies. Uh, I don't know who the hell wants to go first. How should we do it? Marky, do you want to yeah, go from youngest to oldest? So it would be you picking for me first. All right, the movie I picked for you. Yeah, you uh, tell me what the movie was, why you picked it, and then uh, you and I will get into uh, uh, all about the movie. So the movie I picked for Timmy is Green Room from 2015. And uh, I need you guys' help tonight. Correct me on all the names I mispronounce or get wrong totally. But I think this writer-director, his name is Jeremy Saulnier. And he also did... uh, does that sound right? Oh, right. yeah. I thought it was Saunier, but you know, maybe the, the yellow silent. Yeah, who knows. but either yeah. way, yeah. I, we don't Saunier, know. Saunier, Just because you're from down south doesn't mean we know how to fucking pronounce things better than you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's like a Boston name. You know, it goes way back. That's French, I think. You got French people up there, don't you? So like four yeah. O's and the two U's. <laughs> <laughs> AJ, don't. Kumar. Right. How do you even spell that? Just going um, off the rails. All right, Marky. Uh, we're uh, just starting, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so the green room. Um, the people that you would recognize in it are Anton Yelchin, Patrick Stewart, Sir Patrick Stewart, uh, Imogen Poots, and um, she's got a fun name. And she was in Twenty Eight Weeks Later. Yeah. But um, and you also might recognize Sir Patrick Stewart from Star Trek. I don't know if you guys knew that. He, Star he what? That. He started in this show called Star Trek where yeah, they never thought, heard uh, of it. Yeah. <laughs> and don't forget Somewhat about our Aaliyah Shawquat, Shawquat, mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. her name is, the chick from Arrested Development. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm actually yeah. a big fan of her. Yeah. yeah, she was in that. Yeah, she was great. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I chose this movie for Timmy when he said he hadn't seen it because it stands out to me. I, I really like the movie, but it stands out to me just because of like the hyper violence of the movie, but it's done not over the top just to get like a gore factor or a action factor. Like the violence seems like real and it's the movie is scary because it's, it seems real. It's about these, uh, these kids that are playing a gig in a band at this uh, neo-Nazi camp and they're just doing it because they're like, you know, these up and coming rock stars and they're like, fuck it, we'll take any gig. And so they go play this place and then they end up getting caught up in this terrible situation where they witness a murder. And then the, uh, the neo-Nazis, like the centrists of them that are hardcore, like gang dudes, they don't let them leave and they end up having to fight their way out of there. So the movie's scary in the sense that they're, you know, it's like in the middle of like the uh, Northwest woods or somewhere like out in the middle of nowhere, um, Oregon or, you know, Washington. Yeah, it's, and, out, it's outside of Portland, Oregon. Okay. Um, but yeah, just the fact that it seems like it could be plausible and like it's hyper violence and that, you know, these neo-Nazis are like coming after him, like stabbing him with box cutters and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but the end of the movie has like great, like retribution in a sense. Yeah. It, it goes off the rails and it's nasty, but it's such a roller coaster of a movie. And Sir Patrick Stewart plays the leader of this neo-nazi party and he's like calm and reassuring but he is a dark and like troubled person so tell me what you thought about that movie man 
Uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Um, I, I had a different idea of what I thought it was going to be. For some mm-hmm. reason, when I read the reviews of it, and, and actually partially from what you told me, I thought it was going to be more of one of those kind of over-the-top, gory slasher films where, like, yeah. you know, like bodily organs are smashing against the walls. and sh- It just wasn't. And then, Marky, actually... I started to get, cause I, I intentionally didn't look up anything about the movie uh-huh. other than what I already knew. Like I didn't read, you know, what it was about or yeah. uh, reviews of it or anything like that. At one point I kind of started to think to myself the way that like Patrick Stewart and his, his cronies were speaking, like, I'm like, is this like a fucking werewolf movie or something? Like ah. I started to get this idea for a minute. Cause Could they had that, that way that like, uh, that like meat wolf, thing at one point they were talking about when they yeah. found that set list and whatever um either way um what it turned out to be was this really terrifying movie and it was yeah it was definitely gory in spots but not like one of those like over the top gory kind of things uh it was just it was a really it was a thriller as much as it was a horror. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it was really edge of your seat. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of shit. And it was really, really realistic because the, the, the scene they fall into what kind of fucks them is, you know, they, they walk in on a a dead body basically. And next thing you know, yeah, they're trapped in this room and no one's letting them leave. The green room. Yeah. Right. They're trapped in the green room and and they have that, you know, that big Justin guy keeping them in there and, you know, people are working. But the, the thing that actually kind of creeped me out the most about it was outside of them being trapped in the room, you had all these people behind the scenes trying to figure out what the fuck to do with them. These are witnesses. Yeah. And you have, you know, that guy, the guy that played Gabe, who was kind of like the club manager who yeah. the, is the lead in Blue Ruin, who we can get into in, in, That's in a it. minute. Yeah. Um, you know, he seems to be like this really nice guy, but then he calls the club owner, which is Patrick Stewart, who is like, not only is like the nicest guy in Star Trek, but in general is like one of the nicest human Seems beings. Seems like ever, the sweetest person. Yeah. If you ever like read about Patrick Stewart, he's like the nicest human being. I remember my dad used to talk about Patrick Stewart, but actually he told me one time that Patrick Stewart could lure a cat off a milk truck. He told me that one time. <laughs> like he was just like the nicest guy. And, uh, you know, and to see him as this, this very cold hearted, um, crazy like sociopathic motherfucker is really is really weird and he captivated me because i knew what his intentions were from the very beginning and his intentions were bad but when he was outside the door talking to them and trying to negotiate with them in the room reassuring like yeah i was almost like if i was in that room i would have been like all right i I trust this guy he seems like legit maybe that's just because it was patrick stewart and i fucking love that guy but uh the the movie was just like it was such an edge of your seat thriller, fucking scary. Um, the cast was underrated good. I like Anton Yelchin. He was actually in this show called Huff that came out years ago with, with uh, Hank Azaria. Um, I liked him from that. I like him, uh, Imogen Poots. Uh, uh, Aliyah Shakat, I like her too from Arrested Development. Um, and yeah, uh, Macon Blair, who plays Gabe, is, is really, really good too. So, his character in this movie was... Uh... Not to cut you off, but I, yeah. I liked I liked him in this role because you know he's also in this neo Nazi party, and these guys are just like cold hearted, do some fucked up shit. But he's as this club manager is like a lieutenant, 
and he's like very smart and he's got a very unassuming face and the way he speaks is very kind of just uh, non-threatening a lot like Patrick Stewart. Like there are people in their club and their gang that look the skinhead type and are scary, but those two guys are like some of the scariest because they seem just like regular normal dudes and like are kind of soft spoken, but they're the ones coming up with the nastiest of the plans, like bringing the dogs in Mm -hmm. and telling them to only use knives because they want you. I don't know if you want to get into that, but like that's how they kill some of them is they, uh, they, they stab these victims to death and then they get these Rottweilers and pit bulls to maul the bodies. And so then their, pl- their plan later is to tell the cops. Great timing that was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the plan later is to tell the cops. Gypsy. <laughs> Dude, we couldn't have fucking planned that. That was amazing. <laughs> All right, dog. The plan later is to tell the cops that they these people broke into their property and the, they uh, the dogs uh, killed them. But it, that's why they're like he says only knives, only knives and uh, no guns, and they're just stabbing these victims. And then hang on, I gotta whoop this dog or something to get it to shut up. <laughs> oh, you saw me now, don't you? <laughs> All right. But Marky, but, but that's the thing actually that you're right. That's the thing that made those characters so scary, especially Patrick Stewart was the minute he showed up there, he just knew we have to kill the witnesses, but we have to do as much damage control as possible. And that's mm-hmm. why he was saying no, no, no guns, no shooting, because then they would have to pull slugs out of the wall yeah. and different things like out that. And bodies. they, yeah, they knew the cops were going to show up eventually and they needed to have this plan that how it wasn't them and how they were going to spin it. To, they basically, again, spoiler alert, they were going to pin this dead body that was in there on the band that yeah. they had trapped in there. It became this kind of this crazy twist in the story about how yeah. they were going to spin it. And Patrick Stewart was just so calm about how they, it was almost like he's done this a dozen times before. Like he was just like such a professional about, okay, here's what we're going to do it. We're going to kill them. And when this is how we're going to twist it to make it look like they did it. And then we're going to hide the fact that we have this drug lab in the basement. It was just, it was just the most like this professional, um, this, this, and this uh, perfectly um, consorted effort to just all get together. We know guys we will bring these people in. We'll bring the dogs in. We'll do this. Don't do this. Don't do that. It was always this um, risk. The whole movie, this whole cleanup was like a risk assessment. The entire time was like, don't fuck up. Don't do this because how are we going to explain that to the police? Which made it like super chilling really. Yeah. And the police, the police do show up and they don't even get like upset. They're just like, okay cops are coming here's what we do and like they're they're not like uh, freaking out or scared and they just like pay these two young skinheads to like stab each other in the stomach because like someone on the phone before then was like there's been a stabbing someone's dead and then the yeah, cops show up right. and they're like no these kids are just fighting they stabbed each other and the two kids get taken away by the cops right and then the cops go away like and hey, the cops hey, leave yeah. <laughs> which is the one <laughs> thing all chilling yeah it's the yeah. one thing that the like the 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 band who's trapped in the the green room that's the one thing they're waiting for they oh the police are going to be here said so, all right well, well we'll wait in here until the police get here and then patrick stewart comes down he's like the police have come and gone yeah now they're just like and they have no phones and they're just like what the fuck mm-hmm. it is uh that so it the movie has this really like 
it has this almost slow buildup, even though it's really entertaining. It has a slow buildup where they're negotiating inside the room with Patrick Stewart and his cronies outside. And then it breaks down eventually once the door opens and it just turns into this crazy, crazy bout of mayhem. Yeah. And just shit goes sideways for everyone. And it's, uh, it's, uh, it, it's, it's, really, it's really like one of those movies where you just like – other than like the first like 10, 15 minutes when they're kind of laying the, getting the lay of the land, you really never have a minute to take a breath. Like no. it is just, it's, it's just, it's consuming. It really is. And the uh, one of the, like a lot of the characters get killed off. Most of the characters get killed off. Um, one of the most chilling ones for me was the, uh, the guy, I think he plays, uh, can't remember what instrument he plays, but the character, he's, he's the same actor that was in the show Peaky Blinders. He's like the youngest brother in the uh, Shelby family from the show Peaky Blinders. Mm-hmm. Um, and his name's like Joe something. And I thought he was a great character in this movie, The Green Room, or not The Green Room, mm-hmm. but he gets killed off like very quickly. Mm-hmm. And it happens in such a way that, and he even says like right before he dies, he goes, oh shit. And then he gets killed. And that's like the way I felt when I saw him get killed. I'm like, oh shit. Like <laughs> You thought he was going to make it. And then he just like gets stabbed out of nowhere and he's done. Um, and then, yeah, the, uh, you know, they're getting like, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's terrifying for the band members that are hiding from these, uh, neo-Nazis the whole time. And they're getting picked off one by one. They're getting hunted by these dogs and everything's going South. And then at one point, Anton Yelchin and Imogen Poots, like get their hands on some firearms and they start like making their own plan. And then they start killing neo-Nazis. And at the mm-hmm. end, they end up winning. And uh, the final kill is uh, Sir Patrick Stewart. Oh, yeah. And, and he's still, like, negotiating at the very end. He's like, I'm turning around now. You can't shoot, you can't shoot a man in the back. And they're both like, bam, 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 bam. <laughs> yeah. He's, yeah, like, blow him away. Yeah, it's really awesome. Like, what, what, I, what I liked about the movie and what I took from it was I, I loved this. It was the – it was this band – it was this rock band, but it ended up, like you said, Anton Yelchin and Imogen Poots. And what I love was they just got to a position in the movie where they were just completely stripped down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just turns into this like barbaric survivalistic mode where they just yep. don't yeah. give They're a about to fuck. Give. They're about right. to give up. They, they, they had actually, at one point, she even, they're actually sitting there. And they actually remark to each other, like, yeah, I'm not even scared at this point. And then Image and Pooch is like, I'm really hungry. Like, it just got to the point where they were just so, um, ter- they, they had been terrified for so long that they were just exhausted with it. Yeah, at and that point, it, it had been like 18 hours. That they had yeah, been and they were just barbaric at that point. They didn't give yeah. a fuck. They didn't care if they died. They didn't care who they killed. It was just like human survival at its absolute purest. And that's what I really loved about the movie. And then, you know, because the, for the most part, even though Imogen Pooch played a girl who was uh, associated with neo-Nazis, I mean, she yeah. really was. She was friends with everybody who went to that club. Yeah. And, and you got Anton Yelchin, who's in this band that is like all about like social chaos and craziness. Yeah, they're These like are punk people, anarchists. Right. They just, by the end, they were so stripped down and tired and just was like, fuck it. Let's either die or kill everyone. And yeah. it's just like... That is human nature at its fucking core. That's such a throwback. Uh, that's that's my favorite thing about the movie. I thought that was what really stood out. Yeah, yeah, it was a brutal movie. Um, you really see how 
Like they've kind of just given up on humanity when they make their way to the farm at the end of the movie and they come across that dog handler and like he only gets a few words out and Imogen Poos just blows him away. Yeah, and Anton crazy. Yelchin's like, oh, so that's what we're doing? And yeah. she's like, what do you think we came up here to do? And he's yeah. like, all right. And yeah, just like, right. And by the way, Imogen Poots can get it. But what I, I will say that was coming. <laughs> what I will say is real quick before we move on to the next movie, I will say, and this is just so you guys are interested as well. Jeremy Saulnier, Saulnier. I don't know what the Saulnier. I can't pronounce it either, Marky. He's American. I'm fairly certain he is American. A couple years before Green Room came out, he did a movie called Blue Ruin, which is actually. That's kind of funny now. Green Room, Blue Ruin. Uh, yeah. Anyways, um, Blue Ruin. The next one I'll make will be Red Rocket. Right? Uh, Blue Ruin is fucking awesome. And the yeah. lead in, in Blue Ruin is this guy named Macon Blair, who actually plays that guy Gabe mm-hmm. in Green Room. And uh, Blue Ruin, just like um, Green Room, has amazing reviews. Although, if you look at Green Room on um, Rotten Tomatoes, uh, 91% uh, critics – 75% audience score, which I don't know. I find that to be weird. It might be because of the, uh, they might be turned off by just the idea of the theme of the violence and the neo-Nazis. Maybe. Yeah. But then you look at Blue Ruin, uh, critics 96, audience 79. So I don't know. Yeah. I think the critics are loving this guy, but uh, maybe maybe the audience isn't. I love it. Blue, Blue Ruin. Great. Blue Ruin is fucking awesome. It's yeah. it's 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 very uh it's different than Green Room. It's very subdued. It's a very slow, yes. deep, brutal character study, whereas Green Room is a little more in your face. But both Faster movies, paced. yeah, both movies are fucking awesome. I absolutely recommend them both, guys, if you uh if you have a chance. I'm pretty sure first of all, Green Room, by the way, Mark, you have to thank you. It was on Netflix. I have nice. Netflix, so I watched it for free. Blue Ruin is also on Netflix, guys. If you Great. ever have a chance, watch either of those movies. They're both fucking awesome. You'll love it. Watch Blue Ruin first, because then you can see Macon Blair. He's the lead in Blue Ruin. And then he has a smaller role in Green Room, but it's still fucking great. You'd love it. And he, he, awesome. he's a great actor. I never knew of that guy until I saw Blue Ruin. Super under the radar. Phenomenal. Hasn't done a lot of stuff, but Blue Ruin, he is a tour de force. It's the, uh, the fact that that got no any type of award nominations or is just another one of those things that pissed me off about the Academy Awards Golden Globes make yeah. me want to fucking every time they have that the ceremony makes me want to lob a fucking Molotov cocktail into the goddamn proceedings just to fuck things up it just uh because those are the th- those are the movies that should be should be seen and uh and and really loved and revered and they're just not and uh, yeah. that guy is an upcoming uh an upcoming director jeremy solnier i think he could do some really good things he is only he's 44 so he's still relatively young for that game i think he's got some good stuff uh, hopefully nice. coming down the pike so excellent so uh marky i will say i i really enjoyed Green Room. Uh, yeah. I'll give it a. I, I will. Uh, I'll give it four out of five. I'll give it four stars yeah, out of five. Yeah, I'd agree great. with that. Yeah, I'd give it a solid four. You know, in Blue Ruin, I'd give a solid four too. Um, that's such a dark story. Yeah, and I, it has such yeah. a good uh, tale of like again human nature. Like that one. That one. That movie has more of a uh, a longer arcing like revenge story. Oh, it's fucked up. Um, it's yeah. really. I would actually give Blue Ruin more like four and a quarter. Like, yeah, yeah I don't okay. think it's that good, but. All right. 
So one movie down, right? Marky, again, thank you. Uh, Green Room's awesome. Guys, oh, if you haven't you. seen it, it's free on Netflix. You guys hey, I, I've, uh, I've seen Green Room. Oh, you yeah. have, AJ. Oh, let's take a few yeah. minutes. Let's take a few minutes, AJ. What'd you think? No, 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 that's all right. I, I no, think please, the only please. thing I really want to... The only thing I really want to say, because I can't add anything to what you guys are saying, I agree with the majority of what you're saying. I liked Green Room a lot. Is the reason that I think that you know the critic scores are great, maybe the the user review or the user scores are lower, is because it's not one of those movies that can be embraced by enough people. Like, yeah, yeah. because it's just it's it's almost. It's 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 uncompromising. How about that's the word I want to use. Yeah. It doesn't really compromise, and I don't think it can be embraced by enough users. I don't know why. Yeah, no, you're it, right. It's a shame. It's a shame. It's yeah, it, one of those movies that that just doesn't pull any punches. Yeah, AJ, I would say both of those movies borderline alienate the audience. Like they don't right. give a fuck about what right. the audience thinks. Doesn't it's pull any punches. It alienates people. It's divisive. Yeah, and but. Uh, well directed, well acted. Um, uh, the, you guys brought up the human nature thing a lot, and I think that's it. Just reveals a lot. So yeah, yeah make, was, he made the, yeah. the guy's making the movies he wants to make, and you know, yeah. kudos yeah. to that dude. Yeah, no, seriously, and, and like I said, AJ, uh, knowing what I know about your movie taste, you would love Blue Ruin, man. And the thing about Green Room too is, it, I think it's in the horror genre, but. To you guys' point, it's more thriller. Yeah, it's definitely. more about it's more it's less about the horror, more about the danger. Yes, you know, especially yes. especially when things start to initially turn and they're in the green room and they're stuck there. Yep, and, and it's a slow and, boil. And Stuart's outside the door in this sort of like intimidating sort of way, and and you just yeah, it's, Patrick, it's the danger. Yeah. It's the danger. Patrick Stewart manages to be scary in a movie. I mean, that's I mean, that's crazy. I mean, Inti- and, 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 and intimidating too. I think. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Very, he's weird. He's crazy. Sort of, sort of menacing in a way. Just he's a deeply in, troubled in, guy. I mean. Yeah, menacing, yeah. but in this sort of calm way, where yeah. you know, you know, he's, you know, you don't want to fuck with him, mm-hmm. but he's not who he's not hollering all over the place. Right. right. You know, it's just. He's just a dangerous person. Yeah. Subdued, right. Yeah. yeah subdued, so, yes. Yeah. All right. So um, so again, Marky, great, great pick. I loved that. Uh, listeners, you're going to have to hear a lot fucking more of me because now I am moving on to my pick if we're going in order. Uh, we're moving on to my pick for DP. It's from 2003. William H. Macy, Alec Baldwin, Maria Bello, AJ's boy, Ron Livingston. Uh, also, AJ's boy, uh, Paul Sorvino. Uh, it is the cooler. Um, I absolutely love this movie. It's one of my favorite, most under the radar movies. Let me give a quick synopsis of what mm-hmm. the movie's about. And DP, I'll kick it over to you to see what you thought about it. Um, it's basically it's a movie about a casino. It's run by Alec. The, the casino is run by Alec Baldwin. His character's name is Shelley, and he is he is this old school casino owner, and he's completely and utterly against what most casinos in Vegas, where he is, uh, what they've become. Like they've become tourist traps. It's you know it's a kind of hokey bullshit. He likes the old school casino. Um, 
just straight up gambling, nothing silly about it. Just, he just, he wants it straightforward. Um, and because of that, one of the things he has in his casino is a guy that he calls the cooler or it's, this is actually a thing. I've researched this casino, old school casinos used to have guys like this called coolers. These are guys who were just very, very, what they believed were very, very unlucky human beings mm-hmm. down on their luck. You'd walk and he'd walk around a casino and he'd go to a table where a guy was hot with the dice or he was hot with his cards. And he would literally just go and sit next to the guy and the guy would just go cold. He was just like, he just like, he was, the guy was such a fucking loser that every time he went near somebody, that person turned into a loser too. Fun. And this movie is all about uh, how it's William H. Macy's the lead. He's the cooler. He, it's all about how he came to where he is in the casino with Alec Baldwin. Um, and then there's a lot of DP we can get into it, but it's a lot of ups mm-hmm. and downs, you know, when he's feeling good, suddenly, you know, his, he's not good at his job when he feels like shit. He he's really, really good at his job. Like that, that's really what the, the cooler is. Um, uh, but the movie kind of, it, it goes, it goes kind of haywire. There's all these other things going on where Ron Livingston, uh, plays this guy who comes in and, uh, he's, he's one of those new school casino guys and he wants Shelly to, to either sell or, basically sell out and uh, become the tourist trap like every other casino in Vegas is. And uh, there's a lot of other things going on, but that's basically the crux. But William H. Macy, in order to keep William H. Macy happy because he's about to leave, that was the thing, uh, you know, again, in the story, um, uh, Alec Baldwin gets to keep William H. Macy in his casino for six years and his time is about to run out and he's about to leave. So Alec Baldwin uh, comes up with this plan to have William H. Macy fall in love. And it's this with this waitress who is played by Maria Bello. And she, you know, plays this woman who is pretending to like him, but then they really fall in love and the whole thing spirals from there. So that's kind of the, uh, the crux of the movie. Uh, I really love it. It's one of those movies, like I said, it's so under the radar. It's not flashy. There's nothing great about it. In fact, when you look at Rotten Tomatoes, it's not great. I think the critics' reviews are like low 70s. Audience reviews are like the high 60s. Uh, Alec Baldwin was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Supporting and a Golden Globe for Best Supporting. Outside of that, that's pretty much the only recognition the movie got. Maria Bello was nominated for Golden Globe. You're right, for a Golden yeah. for Best Supporting. You're absolutely yeah. right. I apologize. Um, but again, with those nominations, I still never even had heard of this movie. Yeah. I didn't know... You know, till you asked me to watch it and I checked it out and I gotta say, I fucking loved it. Yes. This was fucking great. Right? And, you know, like, it was such a great, uh, I don't know, framing, a great way of showing how important, like, a positive mental attitude is. Right. That Because I tell you what, like, that whole thing, like, at the beginning when he's just, like, down on his luck and he'd go to the table and everyone fucking lost. I have felt that way in the past, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, course, you feel that have. way sometimes. So, like, you're so miserable. And, like, it just seems like everything around you is fucking miserable. And everything comes down. But when he and, you know, and, like, I, I got to say, I could tell right from the get-go 
that she was paid to go be with him like that right. you, you right. could see it well because she was so hot and he's just this like meek loser yeah and then she takes off remember she takes off her skirt and uh, oh uh, talk about can get it maria bello yeah, in that she, movie she oh my great. god yeah it reminded so. me of kind of like a stripper kind of thing but she was a, a waitress mm-hmm. you know and yeah and like and once he really started feeling good about himself, stuff around him started being good too. And like, yeah. and it really is like, that is the way it is in life. Like in life, if you feel miserable, everything around you is going to be miserable. Like you can't, you can't feel miserable and have a great day, you know? Like no matter what, it's gonna suck, and so it, and it was great the way they portrayed that, and even the way like they showed how it shifted, how by the end it was fucking Alec, but it was Shelley that was having all the bad luck. Yeah, yeah, and, and I, I, he yeah. was you know like riding off into the sunset with the girl, and you know he was getting whacked in the end, so. <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was like I, I, I won't say I'm like super crazy about it. Like it doesn't jump into my top ten movies right. of all time list. Sure, but it was fucking great. And like I said, the message of the movie I thought was awesome. So. Yeah, and and Dan, you notice like when he started getting happy, he became terrible at his job. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and this <laughs> this this trap that the whole thing of of them getting together was orchestrated by Shelley by Alec mm-hmm. Baldwin and it completely blew up in his face because right. now he made him happy which he became terrible at his job and now his casino's losing money yeah. so then he tries to fucking get her out of town but now they're in love and she won't go um, mm-hmm. and there there are so many little things that go on in that in that movie Alec Baldwin for me, this is my favorite Alec Baldwin I've he ever was seen. Great. He's so good. He was so good in this. And this, yeah. the, the thing about his character for me is he has this ability to be so vicious, but then so kind at the same time. You liked him. He was such an asshole, but he was so likable. Like mm-hmm. he he was the one who kneecapped Bernie originally. Yeah. And then gives him a job and loves him. He absolutely loves Bernie, right? And then you think, uh, too, like with, with Paul Sorvino's character, the singer. Mm-hmm. He adores this guy, but then gives him enough fucking heroin to kill himself, right? Yeah. He, he's this guy that's really good at his, at his heart, at his soul, at his core, but he knows in the business that he's in that he has to be a heartless prick to be successful, and that was kind of that old school mentality as a casino owner. And he was such a dick. Remember the scene mm-hmm. when he pulls, when, uh, when Bernie's son and the, the, the pregnant girlfriend show yeah. up and he kicks her in the fake stomach. <laughs> like, oh, that scene is so everyone fucking like, vicious. Everyone like gasps and he's like, come on, what the fuck I is wrong with the people? I did too. Dude. I was like, holy shit. I didn't see that coming the first time I saw it. It blew me away. Yeah, I gotta say, I did see it coming just for the fact that they had already seen her in the bathroom doing coke. So I'm like, all right, she can't be pregnant if she's yeah, doing coke. Yeah, dude, I was young yeah. when I saw her. Could have miscarried dumb. a long yeah. time ago. Yeah, I didn't pick that up. I was a dummy. So, <laughs> uh, but DP, you have to admit too, remember the scene at the end 
when Bernie is like blowing up and winning all the money at the tables and Ron mm-hmm. Livingston comes up, it's like, shut him down. Yes. And he drags him into the bathroom. He's, like, no, he's walking out here with everything. Like, <laughs> he did still have a soft spot for him. He and loved like, You know what? If you're going to win this money, fine. Fuck it. You can take it. And like, stood up for him and it actually ended up being kind of his demise right but was Ber- his soft yeah. spot for him. bernie even said so. it to him remember he had bernie up on the roof and he's just like you know if you if you don't do this he's like I, i'm gonna throw you off this roof i'm gonna snatch that broad out of the car i'm gonna throw it right down on top of you he's like no you're not because then you'll be an even bigger loser than me and yeah. then he lets him go down to the casino win all the money ron livingston tries to break it up he drags him in the bathroom snaps his fucking arm that is like yeah. one of the best gu- that is one of my favorite maybe one of my top 10 favorite movie moments of all time when because ron livingston is such a smug cunt in that movie and i like rob which by the way i don't a lot that's the one thing i didn't get because i thought ron livingston was the type of guy that doesn't need that pirates of the caribbean bullshit he needs to kick it old school right (laughs) what movie (laughs) We, we don't need this pirates of the caribbean bullshit we kick it here old school yeah Seriously, old school. <laughs> Go ahead, AJ. <laughs> Swingers. <laughs> so yeah, it, it was. Uh, that scene was fucking great, and then uh, there's a ton of poetic justice in the final scene. When, oh my god! Right? Yes, right, dude. Because I I totally thought I'm like you know what, they're both going to get shot, but they're going to be happy because they fucking you know they're going out on top. Right. Right. And then the drunk driver fucking mows down the it was, that, it, was that, uh, it was that one last stroke of good luck. <laughs> that was it. That yeah. was the last one they had. They neither had one, one more first stroke. Of, uh, yeah, first of all, awesome. neither neither one of them had a lot of good luck in their lives. It Mm-mm. wasn't just Bernie. It was her too, Natalie. She had a lot. She, she struggled too. Mm-hmm. And they finally were happy. And they finally, yeah. And then you see the lights go over them. It's almost like, okay, they're going to die. Here's the light of death going over them with the headlights. It's like nope, no, no, no. They're they're not dead. They they just got through it. They got fucking really lucky one last time, and then it's over. And then while at the same time, right before that happened, they blow Alec Baldwin's brains out of his fucking head. It was so poetic. Mm-hmm. And it was so it was I, it was such a it was a movie. Which by the way, the writer and the director, neither one of them have ever done fucking anything else. Really, I don't even know their fucking names. I was looking it up earlier. Neither one of them really done anything. But it was just such a. It's one of those movies I talk about from time to time for me. And I've read some people who think, oh, there's a plot hole here and that doesn't make sense and whatever. Go fuck yourself, cunt. What I think is it's one of those movies for me that is just such a, a complete movie from, from, from beginning to end. Uh, the story makes sense. The characters have progression. They all have a, 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 a big finale at the end where everything comes full circle everything's wrapped up in a nice little bow and it's over and it's a really great movie. That's what mm-hmm. I love about it. Yeah. I love the message. I love that message of positive mental attitude that like it really can fucking change your life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, actually the next movie we are talking about delves into this a bit too. Mm-hmm. And it like, it doesn't matter where you get, that strength from whether it's from someone that you love that loves you is now giving you that you know support and that strength to have that positive attitude Mm -hmm. or whether it's you know like your you know ancestors and your heritage that gives you this like whatever it takes to give you that 
inner strength. As long as you have it, you can, you know, be successful and you can fucking do anything. As long as you love yourself and you fucking believe in yourself, you can do it. And I, I love that message. I think it's fucking great. Yeah, and that, that's the thing with with Bernie. He was so down on his luck for so fucking long, and then it was just it was just going to be perpetuated. But like that that was for mm-hmm. me again. That was the poetic justice of the movie was that Alec Baldwin sent that girl to keep him there to keep being the fucking loser. But it just made yeah. him the better man. And it it blew up in his face. It was the girl that gave him that belief and gave him that support. To get out of the hole he right. was in, and it swapped. It swapped their roles in life. Yeah, because totally. it, it projected William H Macy's character and into happiness and a future, mm-hmm. whereas it killed Alec Baldwin all of yeah. his choice. And so. Alec Baldwin is now like, oh my god, I'm going to lose my cooler. Right, and he's feeling miserable. Yeah. yeah, AJ. AJ, have you seen this movie? I've seen the cooler. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, all right, great. Um, yeah, it turned him in from like from a it backfired it turned him from a perpetual loser to a winner mm-hmm. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? a winner in life and a winner in you know in yeah. love and, 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 and all then that, that right which yeah. is vegas which is vegas like that's right? Life right, in vegas. Right. right yeah the fact that they even referred to her as lady luck it's like i've got lady luck with me mm-hmm. and you know referring to her yeah so, and of course, um, and of course, when they're in this room, at one point they're playing the Sinatra tune. They're literally luck be, playing luck, yeah. luck, "Luck Be a Lady." Yeah, on the, on the nose, yeah, but, I love, on the nose. So, but I love couple, that song. So, but I love that song. Yeah, there's a couple of those scenes that were a little on the nose, but I still like. Like I loved fucking Joey Fatone too. Joey yeah, Fatone was yeah. great. But I love that memory. Like, Do you remember or something? Back to yeah. Uh, yeah, he was in sync. Yeah, but do you remember? I mean, I think he was one of those <laughs> boy bands. I don't know for sure. But nice but DB, do, do you remember in that scene when uh, when Joey when they bring Joey Fatone on and mm-hmm. he's singing? You got um, uh, Shelley and Bernie sitting there, and they're both agreeing that like this guy has no soul. Like he's just yeah. he's all flash. He's yeah. no soul. Yeah, uh, I forget what uh, Paul Servino's name was, uh, Buddy or, or uh, something yeah. like that. But guy they were like, died. he's like, I miss, I miss him. Like he had soul. This guy is just flash. And that's, but that personifies what they loved about Vegas and about that casino. Uh, those two characters love the old school. They right. loved what Vegas was. And then it was becoming a little too showy. Um, mm-hmm. And that was just another little kind of, uh, thing to kind of add to the story, which I, I really liked actually. And I did like the portrayal of Vegas in, in the mm. movie. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Remember, like at one point, like the, the another one of the guys that wanted to change it to more of like a mainstream place. The guy starts fucking with him. He's like, Why don't you go change your depends? And then he just kicks the shit out of <laughs> oh, the guy. It's like, oh, it's great. Now that's one. That of, that's guy one. so had it coming. Too. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh, you I loved that scene. Great. So it was very so, like a Sopranos, yeah, fellas, big time, big time. feel to it. I love that scene. So, uh, so, so, DP. Before we move on to the next, mm-hmm. uh, I need, a, I need a five star rating. Where, where, where do you go? I give this uh, not quite four, so I'll give it like three and uh, three quarter. Right. right, better see, than I'll, three and a half, but not quite a four. See, so. I'm, I'm about. See, I love this. One of my favorites is it, I got a four and a quarter on it. It's, oh wow! I, I, yeah. I love it. I, I love this movie. So, uh, thank you for watching it. I'm really happy you liked it. Maybe next time yeah, you and it. I were texting during the week. There's another movie I really, really want you to watch, and I think you'll mm-hmm. like. If we do pick a movie again, and I get you, you will get that. Um, right. But again, thank you. That w- that was great. 
We need to move uh, uh, DP. Okay. You're on, you're on the clock again. You're talking to AJ. Yes. So I, I had to pick a movie for AJ. So, like, it, you know, it probably sounds like this is going to be very difficult for me because it needs to be a movie that was under the radar. But I'm picking it for Andy, who absolutely wants to hate anything I pick for him mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. of his hatred for me. Right. Ant-Man so, too. I needed to find like an AJ proof movie. All true statements. Yes. Yes. So I needed to come up with an AJ proof movie that no one had ever heard of. Luckily, I have one in the chamber because this movie, I I mean, I saw it, I think back in like 95, 96, around then. It was actually, it was made in 1994. It's out of New Zealand. It's a movie called Once Were Warriors. Uh, directed by Lee Tamahori, who's um, like he's gone on to do some like big movies. I mean, nothing amazing. He did. He's done like a Triple X, State of the Union. He did a, a Bond movie, Die Another Day. Mulholland Falls. Mulholland did. Falls. Yeah. So you know he's done. Actually, I think Mulholland was right after Once Were Warriors. Uh, That's correct. It stars Tamora Morrison who uh probably best known as he played Django Fett slash Boba Fett in the That's, Star yeah. Wars prequels. Bunch of other stuff. Uh and the lead actress, this woman named Rena Owen, uh who like I, I don't want to get too much into why I love this movie so much because I want to hear what Andy thinks of it first. But I'll say a couple things. Rena Owen to me was fucking spectacular i can even give it like there was a quote from um roger ebert from back in the day he had a quote after watching this movie he said uh in his opinion the acting in once were warriors is so powerful it puts the academy awards into perspective so Hey, DP, why don't you just give a quick synopsis of the movie for people who haven't seen it so all right uh Real it's quick. deep. It's, I know it's deep, but just, yeah. you know. It, it's the story of um, this very, like, poor family in Auckland, New Zealand, uh, living in the ghetto, basically dealing with uh, domestic violence and alcoholism and how it's tearing a family apart. And it's just the struggle of this family uh, with, you know, all this, like I said, alcoholism and all this shit going on in this very, very poor, shitty neighborhood. Um, all right, like I said, I don't want to say too much about my thoughts on it because I can't. I really want to hear Andy's. But I'll say this: why, like I said, I think it's AJ proof. This movie on Rotten Tomatoes has ninety-three percent from the critics, has ninety-five percent from the audience. Highest of all the four movies tonight. Yeah, and. Uh, was voted in 2014, so there's been some other movies from New Zealand since then. But in 2014, it was voted as the greatest movie ever made in New Zealand, like over Whale Rider, over Boy. And I fucking so agree. This movie is so fucking powerful. It's so amazing. I, like, I'm afraid AJ's going to hate it because he wants to. But I can't imagine he could because this movie is fucking amazing. 
Once were warriors. AJ, please tell me what you thought of this movie. First off, the New Zealand accent's awesome, right? Right? Isn't it? <laughs> Something about it. <laughs> AJ, bring your mic down. Thank you, Marky. The New Zealand accent is awesome. Yeah. So, um, Once Were Warriors. So, as I first started watching Once Were Warriors, I, the first thing I thought, and don't please don't take this the wrong way, DP, just, just, this is just what I thought at first. I was like, did the 80s come to New Zealand in the 90s? They just, it was just had this hokey sort of way at the beginning. Yeah. Okay. You can definitely tell this movie was made in the 90s. For right. sure. Yeah. In New Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> so totally. The sensibilities were a little bit a little bit different. But actually Agreed. the first scene the first scene is they're showing this like lovely landscape, but then they pan away and you realize it's a billboard. So they get the stark <laughs> contrast between like that and where the movie actually takes place, which is this ghetto shithole of a place oh, yeah. where nobody where nobody would want to live. <laughs> <laughs> if you had the choice. Yeah. Um, the two lead characters, the the husband and wife. I'll tell you. You said, um, what's her name, Rhea, Rena Owen. Yeah, you just thought it was spectacular. I thought she. Uh, first off, I'll just I, I I'm burying the lead here. Once were warriors was fucking amazing. Yes. Okay. And let me just tell you that if we ever get a lot of people listening, go back to this episode and listen to what. Whatever I have to say here, I'm sure it won't be super intelligent, but I <laughs> I can glow I can glow about this movie. I can go on about it for a while. So she's great. She's great. Okay, she's really mm-hmm. great and she's powerful. But the guy that plays her husband is Tamura Morris. Yeah, Tamura. Yeah, plays Jake. Jake Heck. Yes. Jake the Muss. <laughs> That dude was freaking amazing. He oh. was terif- He was terrifying. Mm-hmm. He was horrible. Of a, he was a horrible human being, and he just, yeah, he affected me in such a way. Just right? every every scene he's in, he has this way about him, and mm-hmm. his act, his acting was unbelievable, unbelievable. I hated him so much. I want. Oh, I yeah. wanted him. I wanted him dead at every turn. That's mm-hmm. how much I hated him. Um. So, they. It starts out kind of interesting because you you get this sort of backdrop of this family that seems like even though they're poor, they seem kind of happy. You know, they're like kids are playing in the yard. The wife's kind of walking around the market at the beginning. She comes home. The husband comes home you know they're kind of like flirting with each other they're starting to like uh, they're gonna make love and they're like this happy they're attracted to each other they're this couple you know um and then you realize this dude loves to drink they go to the bar he starts getting tanked and then it's still got this it's still got this vibe like he's still cool like he's drinking at the bar he sees this like uh big tough guy beat the shit out of somebody at the bar he goes over and picks a fight with him and beats him up and you're like you know what he's still cool because he just beat up a bully <laughs> yeah you know so he's still got this cool quality about right. him like even though he's he's drinking with his buddies and then they all go back to the house um he brings all his friends with him you know beth's there um other women show up they're all just partying they're all close-knit like group of friends you think 
something, and DP, you can tell me, I don't recall what irritated Beth during the party. Something irritated her. Jake comes into the kitchen and is like, eh, mix him a, make him a, a plate of food or, or whatever. She, he's just ordering her around, like, you know, like yeah. typical, like, yeah. And then she isn't having it. She talks back to him, and he proceeds to beat the ever-loving shit out of her in front of, you know, the people, everybody oh. that's at the house. And when I say beat the shit out of her, I mean, like, you know, Left one, two left cross. Like he's beating the shit out of her, smashing Man. her against the Dude, mirror. Like it is one of the most brutal, like depictions of domestic violence in film oh. history. Like it, this movie really could come with a trigger warning, and like I'm not a fan of trigger warnings, but this kind of could use one. It is fucking brutal the way it he was his wife. It, it's, Holy it's, shit! It's, yeah, it's disturbing in a way that I can't. DP, real, I can't fully explain. DP, yeah. real quick, it made Ike Turner look peaceful. Yes, like, yes, it did. That <laughs> level. And guys, I'm I'm not I'm not going to jump in. I'm going to let you do your thing. But I just want you to know, I watched this movie. Oh, you did today. Oh, I my watched God, it I'm so this happy. afternoon. Yeah. Okay. Um, that scene. Like I said, legitimately, you take any domestic abuser in any movie you've ever seen, and it looks light compared yes. to that fucking My scene. My God, it is brutal. Holy it motherfucker! Watch. I'll just say this. I'll, I'm just saying that. I'll get out of the way because mm -hmm. this fucking movie was incredible. So I want to let you guys go at it, but I just want to just jump in and just say that. I've. You're right. I'm always able to suspend belief when i watch a movie that scene i you're right dp trigger warnings i was like i was fucking traumatized in that scene yeah. like, holy yeah, mother it's fuck, rough like, man unreal so get out of the way do your thing i just yeah, want to say that. so but okay <laughs> look i'm not gonna go shot for shot with the movie it'll take too long but yeah. she wakes episode. up the, yeah she takes she wakes up the next day and she's got one eyes like shut, swollen shut etc but, mm -hmm. and then, and then from there, you know, it, yeah. I'll, I'll get in a little about the Maori, Maori tribe. Yeah. Cause so I say, she, one of the keys was because she was so beat up, she couldn't make it to the court with right, her right, young right. son. So, so they her have, son got they, taken away into whatever right. the. So New they have Zealand five kids, five kids. They have five kids. And because, you know, the father's an alcoholic, abusive piece of shit. And the wife, you know, in love with him, kind of putting up with it, allowing all this to, to continue. I mean, not maybe she's powerless to some degree, you know, because he's, yeah. Anyway, so there's the oldest son who, you know, yeah, has Nick. no real father figure. He turns to this gang, gets mm -hmm. initiated into this gang. The other son, he's doing some petty crimes and he gets put into this, um, um, reform school sort yeah. of thing yeah. yeah and then the the daughter um is like sort of the de facto mother of the two they have two very young kids and she's constantly like mothering them and taking care of them and shielding them from everything that's going on but it that takes a toll on her as well um and all these these kids like in that situation don't have a chance like they're, yeah. just, they're already fucked in the you know they're born into like nothingness yeah it's so right oh it's fucking so, heartbreaking but as it goes on and on and on she starts to build this resolve 
mm-hmm. this resolve to 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 leave him and to 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 um and, and I think it's it's you know part of it is that that maybe that tribal part of it's the tribal thing with her. I mean, she was a princess, like a Maori princess, and she married kind of down. His ancestors were slaves and everything. Mm-hmm. They go on this like trip to go see the son who's in reform school. And, you know, they talk a bit about that during, as they stop off and they're sitting around and looking at some uh, scenery somewhere and they're just hanging out with the kids and as uh, like a pit stop on the way. And then obviously they, they stop off at the bar and he's got to go get a drink and things just, yeah devolved from there again it it actually kind of um like it, it plays into what i was saying about the cooler was like uh jake the moss was sitting there saying like oh my you know we were slaves they're always gonna look down on us so he has this attitude of like he's less than and so he fucking lives up to that attitude of being less than right so he's yeah. his idea that he's less than fosters this in, insecurity in him which makes yes. him even more angry and more violent mm-hmm. and more you know um more horrible right. and then you add the drink to that and he just becomes this monster yeah and she goes into the he, they stop off on the way to the reform school they go to this bar he's obviously not going to just have one drink He's sucking them back. She goes into the bar to try to retrieve him. He's like, go fuck off. And they have to take a cab home. They can't even go. They can't even finish the trip because of this fuck. Mm -hmm. So, but her resolve keeps strengthening and strengthening and strengthening. Yeah. And then then there's that moment. And then then because of all this, because of what they expose their kids to, one of the close family friends, rapes the daughter like just yeah. rape just uncle, ca- uncle casually rapes her yeah and oh and jesus it, christ and it costs and it costs her her life yeah. she, she hangs herself dude i've been watching like i said this came out in 94 i think the first time i saw it was in like 95 96 a friend of mine you know just happened across it at uh blockbuster video and we watch it and it's been over 20 years i've been watching it i watched it the other day I still fucking bawled my eyes out wow. during that scene. It yep. is so fucking powerful. Yep. And so fucking brutal. Like, and, oh, it's a tough And her, and, and even after that, her resolve strengthens, strengthens even more. And she knows, she knows she's got to get them out of there. Yeah. She knows. And she has this great speech where she explains yes. that the Maori oh. want, how they once were warriors when she's, when she's telling him she's, getting the fuck out of there and she's she'd never been stronger than that moment because she was weak yep. for a long a lot of it powerless and weak and she and she she stands she, up to him and says yeah, yes, and she, and my she was people like, once and she were was, warriors and, and she was a sucker oh. for him too and she was God. she was a sucker for him and she you know and she and she loved him and this that scene where it's after the the beating and everything but in between in before the daughter kills herself and um, she, he says something like, oh, you can't help it. You, you know, you love me. And she goes, yeah, that's the problem. I do. Yeah. You know, and that right. was, that was very telling. That's when it then, starts sinking in on her. Like, yep, that's my problem. Yeah. yeah. That's the problem. I do. And mm-hmm. she said it sort of, you know, in a lighthearted way to him, she was sitting on his lap, but, but yeah, 
Yeah. That it was true what she said. That was mm -hmm. the problem. So. And I love um, the final scene in the when she confronts Uncle Bully or whatever with the whole oh. thing. And then and, Jake reads it. Yeah. And the look <laughs> on his face and the, the the fury and all that. But then yeah. he comes, follows them out, out to the bar out of the bar afterwards, and yeah. um, starts screaming at her. She's leaving. Uh, you know, so you need me. You're gonna. You'll be back. You'll need like all that. And he he was he was amazing in the role. He was terrifying. Oh. He was a horrible piece of shit. But what a great actor! I'm telling you, that yeah. dude is awesome. He's amazing. He was amazing. awesome. He, he his screen presence was something else. I'll tell mm -hmm. you. And uh, yeah. I, to reiterate, I love that movie. I love that awesome. movie. At first, at first, I had like that. It was a, the weird backdrop, the hokey, a little bit mm -hmm. of hokiness. But after a while, after several scenes and, 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 and minutes watching the movie, it affected me. And then it kept affecting me. And it kept affecting me more until the very end. And now even beyond. Awesome. I still think, I still think about, I still think about, I don't know, her maybe? No, maybe it fucks you up. Beth. This movie fucks you up. Yeah, for days. TW, I, like I got a couple things, but I really I want now that I know you watched it, TW. I want to hear some more from you. I, I mean, what you were your thoughts on this? You guys really summed it up very, very yeah. nicely. I will just say a couple of things. Is I knew DP. I knew nothing about this movie. I didn't. I didn't look up on Wikipedia, IMDb. I knew nothing. I never even looked up the fucking Same. plot. Right. Mm -hmm. So when I, when I watched it today, I was just like, I'm gonna watch it. Just so I, you know, I, I can you know eloquently talk about it. Hopefully, the movie starts with with, with you know Jake. He, he's like you know he's in the city and then he comes home and they have this like it, it's actually it's actually like a very it's very cookie cutter married life he comes home like, you know hey, I, I got food. yeah i brought food yeah. everything's happy they're about to fuck uh there's like i got laid off and she gets mad he gets mad he goes down to the bar he's hanging out with his friends oh my wife wouldn't fuck me what a shock oh you know it was all very like almost sitcom like you know like right. and then like and you love jake you know and then like like i said like aj mentioned the girl's singing and then he and then he cuts her off and uh, he kicks the shit out of the guy for disrespecting the girl. And you're like, this guy's amazing. And then yeah. he goes home and they're drinking and they're singing together. And like, I fucking oh, yeah, love all the this singing. guy. Yeah, yeah. Like, I fell in love with this guy in the first 15 minutes. And then he kicks the ever-living shit out of this girl. And you're like, okay, oh, okay, my God. this is going in a different direction. Like, what? I mean, he kicked that girl's ass more than any, like, he kicks that that guy's ass in the bar right and he kicks her ass just as bad like, yeah. this right. isn't this isn't like smacking around he no. unloads fists into this girl's fucking face he kicks her ass, and then he yeah. rapes her he fucking rapes her that's the part they, they leave out like he starts taking his clothes off and then like the next morning if you remember when she sits down next to grace she's like in pain when she tries to sit down it's like, mm. oh, fuck, he raped her too. Like, holy fuck. It was yeah. just the most horrific thing. And then for the rest of the movie, I'm like, I was terrified of this fucking guy. 
Yeah. Every time it, it reminded me a little bit of Michael Fassbender in 12 years a slave where every moment he showed up, I was like, <gasps> like, I, like I, yeah. I, I got scared. Like the, some sh- horrible shit is about to happen. And it also reminded me a little bit of like Marlon Brando streetcar named desire. Just like this, like crazy motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Every time he shows up, you're like, God damn it. I'm terrified. Um, that movie. And like I said, I always say about movies, I need like usually like a night to sleep on it. So I'll, I'll probably have a lot more tomorrow because I literally just watched it today. But that that movie is consuming the majority of my fucking brain, and it has since earlier this afternoon, dude. It is it is brilliant. And DP, I read that too about the surveys about that movie, and it is the most uh, popular fucking New Zealand movie that's ever come out. That doesn't shock me because it's it's brilliant. It's brilliantly yeah. acted by a bunch of people who never really yeah. did. Yeah, thing half the half the like cast had never fucking acted before like the daughter that was her first role uh and didn't the do much younger after. son his first role uh, uncle yeah. bully yeah. uncle bully is cliff curtis he's in that fucking die hard movie uh yeah he the, was in the fear the what he was like the lead in fear yeah, of the walking outside Dead. of that outside of that not much that movie yeah. is is a so, uh, oh what a mind fuck jesus so Christ. i get i guess the original script they they couldn't get that to be made and then it was rewritten by somebody mm-hmm. because the original story is based on a novel but the, the novel, novel right. the novel is about jake it's a story about jake so they rewrote the script and it was more and about Beth. more on yeah on Beth, Beth and, and the and, family and her, there's there's two sequels this. there's two sequel books about jake one movie two sequel two sequel books yeah mm-hmm. i read about that but um so Oof. like two, two quick things i want to say well, actually, more. I guess it's kind of one. But before I move on, um, I love the portrayal, like the way the two sons, um, like find their warrior roots. Mm-hmm. You know, like yes. the younger son, he goes to that boy's home and goes with the like the traditional Maori tribal shit, and the older brother joins that like seemingly um you know like skeevy gang but that gang was fucking there with them at that funeral yep was supporting him and the car yeah like you know that gang was his new his tribe it was that old school tribe in a new way with like and that line the younger brother looks at all the tattoos all over his face and was like, yeah, it's a good look. Well, well, little brother, he's like, you want one? He goes, I wear mine on the inside. Oh yeah. What a fucking awesome. fabulous great line. Oh, and I read, so I read a little, I read a little bit about Maori, uh, the tribe, you know, 1600s on or whatever, uh, Paul, sort of Polynesian uh, sort mm-hmm. of culture. Right? right. I think they came over from, what's tahiti now or whatever but fiji yeah Yeah. but the the maori tribe they split off into different tribes too so you know it it could be that you know that's sort of like a sect of that tribe that does the tattoos Mm -hmm. you know and they have just a different um mantra or whatever or philosophy Right. Um, uh, can, anyway, yeah, it, it was it was fascinating. I'll say I one more it. thing. I'll say and one it more is thing. AJ proof that movie. Please, yes. oh my god, that movie is so <laughs> yes. fucking good. And, and I will just say one thing: the one the one moment of that movie that 
I mean, there were a lot of moments that took my breath away, but there were one that I went, I rewound and watched over like six or seven times in a row was when she confronts Uncle Bully in the bar at oh. the end. And she smashes. He's like the other guy who was actually seemed to be a very nice guy. He's like, "We're all mm-hmm. families. Have a drink." And she smashes the glass. And he get and Jake gets up to to fucking backhand her. And, and Nick gets Nick in the middle in front. Oh, and, he, and he's like breathing heavy. He's just staring at him. I'm like, oh, "Holy fucking shit!" In that moment, I was hey, like, "That's so awesome." And then hand, hands of the gangster. journal. Hands him the yeah. journal page to oh, read. Oh, but that that yeah. stare, that look he's got oh. on his face, that 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 like contempt, that like fuck you, you cunt look on his face. Like I'm ready to I'm ready to go to war with you. Look on his face. I I mm-hmm. that blew me away. Like oh god, DP, that movie, fuck. Yeah. So can we all agree oh. for anyone listening, if you have not seen the movie Once We're Warriors, please see it now. Yeah, I, I haven't seen it. Amazing. Oh, You'll yeah, I will it. now. It's, it's fabulous. Oh, it my, is I'm, so good. I'm a big fan of uh, uh, films that come out of New Zealand. Like that seems, mm. for whatever reason, um, I don't know if it's just the ones that like trickle over into like mainstream, you know, like Western market. Well, Marky, but, uh, Taika, Taika is part Maori. His dad was Maori. Oh, for sure. Yes. Oh, that, was, that was another thing. I, I didn't want to interrupt you guys, but I'm pretty sure it's pronounced uh, Maori. Yeah, the Maori tribe. You guys were on a tear the whole time. I didn't want to interrupt you. (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. Um, But no, yeah, yeah. Taika is or Taiki Taika, and um, I'm not one to correct people on their pronunciations, but um, in in that sense, I I do believe, yeah, because that tribe they are fucking brutes, magoots. Like they're they are known for their hand to hand and just like their blunt instrument and their small weapon, like obsidian clubs. Like they. They were but Mar- Marky was alcohol uh-huh. a thing with them was like getting drunk and kicking the shit out of each other like that's the whole fucking movie. Well, I think no, you know they I, pound I, each other all movie. This is not ass kicking. I'm um gonna speculate. I do not know. I hardly know anything about their history. I'm gonna speculate and almost say that it's, it's something similar to uh like uh. Uh, Native American uh, yes. alcohol, you know, like it's, you know, it's not something that's necessarily in their culture. Right. And so when they get it, they just go off the fucking rails. Yeah. And, you're probably right. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of good films that come out of New Zealand uh, and uh, there's great filmmakers. There's great films. It's an, it's a beautiful backdrop for movies. Oh, like I said, I as much as I love, there. as much as I love what we do in the shadows, it's still my second favorite movie that's come out of New Zealand. Dude, I got to agree. I got to agree. This movie like had me all fucked up all day. It, it is so I mean, powerful. Like everyone I've shared it with, like I'm so glad you guys love it because everyone else I've shared it with. Is I don't even know if I love it, DP. I'm just fucked up over it. Like, well, it's, yeah. Like, it's so then so you love it. Oh, <laughs> it had oh, that powerful. effect. It sounds like a, yeah, it sounds like a very yeah. powerful movie. Oh, it is. Yeah, God that, that's the it. best way to describe it. It is powerful. It was and really like amazing. I said, I'm so glad I thought it would be AJ proof. It's amazing. And I'm glad it was because I know so, at the end so, of the day, AJ's got good taste. So He does. I, I will yeah, give I him guess. that. I will. Yeah. I will. Con- so one thing I'll concede to this cocksucker. He does have good <laughs> movie taste. He's one of our esteemed colleagues. Yeah, yeah, yeah he is an esteemed colleague. Listen, it's, so. It's, so, it's so AJ proof that I'm ready to give you I my I was just going to ask. Do it. Yes, let's hear your rating, four, AJ. Four, 4.5. Wow. 
That is exactly where I rate it to. Me too. It is 4.5. 4. 5, wow. Dude, okay, yeah, I need to movie see that. is fucking fantastic. 4.5 for me. Definitely. Dude, it's I, we keep using the word powerful. powerful. I wish I could come up with an even more powerful oh. word than powerful. Right? <laughs> <laughs> to describe it just because it's it's affecting. It affected yeah. me in such a pro- profound way. Oh, when I was done I watching it, I still I, I watched so it um I watched it Wednesday night. I'm still thinking about wow. it. Yeah. I thought about it all day today at work. Yeah. I was looking up on Britannica, like about the Mo- Mo- Maori. Maori. I oh, said Maori. that. Maori. Maori. The yeah. Maori tribe. I was looking all that stuff up. I'm, I'm fascinated by it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. You know, it's, I, I, like I said, I haven't looked too much into the Maori, but it's uh, one thing that I did see, like a little blip on Reddit at one point. Um, there are, they are one of the only indigenous tribes of a region that won't that weren't uh uh overtaken and subjected by their colonial rulers mm. right so i think uh, uh, most likely the british probably i mean who knows dutch that no, came in the british, yeah. the british i think it's the british yeah um yeah, but you know, you know what the british the did to the road. you know what the british did to every other uh place mm. that they came across yeah they're like yep. the maori are like some of the only ones or maybe the only ones that they didn't like totally just Overtake, stamp, yeah. stomp. Yeah. And they just, yeah, they let them fought do them the back. Thing. Yeah. I don't know if they fought them back or if they respected I'll, them enough. They probably fought them back. Well, fought, I think they fought them back a little bit from what I was yeah. reading. Fought them sure. back At least enough. 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 Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah, they the, said, let's well, not fight. Well, they were like, them. fuck it. This, this is too much trouble. <laughs> I was going to yeah. say, or just didn't <laughs> want to work. Yeah. With that yeah. level of violence, they're just like, for these guys. Yeah. They probably started to, and they're like, you know what? Let's just be friends because uh, these guys don't play around. <laughs> like so, this uh, is like this is like Zulu all over again. So right? so, so, so DP fucking Zulu, another great film. <laughs> <laughs> so DP, awesome, amazing. All right, I'm so glad. I appre- I appreciate. I'm so you, glad uh, you guys like that. It. Yeah, yeah. You, I love you know, it. and when you said once we're warriors, because I didn't know anything about that movie. Um. You just said that your pick for AJ was Once We're Warriors. For whatever reason, in my head, I thought it was like a hockey movie. I don't know why. <laughs> like, I was like, that sounds like a pretty lame pick, but whatever. If you like it, that's cool. Well, there is a hockey fight early in that movie, but it's a guy hitting a woman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. There's like real tight, short punches like a hockey oh, fight. Yeah. God. yeah. Jesus Christ. So. But all right, guys, I'm so glad you loved it. Uh, let's move on to our next movie. Uh, is picked by AJ for Marky, blah, blah, blah. Um, (laughs) Inside joke, but hey. So AJ, what did you pick for Marky? Uh, Tell us why you picked it. Uh, We've we've already gone through this. Everyone knows. Sure. Go for (laughs) it, AJ. So the movie I picked for for Marky is called Bound. It was uh, made in 1996. It was a first feature film from the Wachowskis, who we all know are famous for the Matrix um, trilogy. Um, it's a bit, this is a, quite a bit different than the Matrix. It's a, a crime sort of thriller um, centers around these, these two women who meet each other in this apartment building where one of them lives with her mafia boyfriend played by Joe Pintoliano. The girlfriend is played by Jennifer Tilly. And then um, the woman that she meets is is an ex-con 
working in the empty apartment next door, played by Gina Gershon. Um, they strike up um, a romantic lesbian relationship. And through Joe Pantaleono's character, Caesar, his dealings, it turns out that a lot of money, a couple million dollars, is going to make its way to that apartment. They concoct a scheme to steal the money. 2.176. Yes, $2.176 million. <laughs> oh, my. They, they can, yeah, yeah. They yeah. concoct a scheme to, to steal it. And things don't go as planned. Let's just put it that way. And I, the reason I picked this from Marky is, is because I know that he's a big fan of violence in, in cinema. Oh, thank you. This, like gratuitous violence. At gratuitous that. violence. Yeah. And there's a good amount of violence <laughs> in this film. There's yeah, a good amount of violence in this film. I was actually torn between two films, and one of them was straight sci-fi. So if I get another chance, Mark, I'll pick that one. But this one I picked because I thought you would dig um, – you know, not just the violence, but you know, sort of the the mess that they make for themselves in this film, <laughs> and the way it all kind of transpires as things get progressively worse. So I'm dying to hear what you thought about. Nice. All right. You ready to uh, let me go? Yes. Yeah, go. Fire away. Right. Um. Yeah. So uh, to. You know, let you know right out the gate, I did enjoy this movie very yes. much. Um, but it didn't it didn't get me until maybe halfway through. Um, I was watching it with Sam, my wife, and in the beginning, uh, the lesbian relationship, you know, starts in the beginning of the film, and uh, it gets pretty explicit. Yeah, softcore um, porn at the beginning. And that's what, yeah, <laughs> softcore porn. So that's what Sam said. She's, you know, she's watching it with me and she was like, is this porn? This, and then she goes, this is porn. Because it is like a hardcore lesbian scene. Um, mm-hmm. And then like, you know, the story progresses and I'm still just kind of like, hi, you know, like interesting take, AJ. I guess uh, you really like seeing women go at it. I mean, I do, a lot actually, of people but... do. You know, I mean, I, what? Know. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a fucking dude. So. Yeah. But no, then halfway through the movie, it started to really build up steam and really build up a, a story. And then by the end of the movie, it was, uh, I don't want to reuse the word powerful, but it was, it, it was, it had a lot of momentum behind it. And it was just a culmination of all these effects. And what you were uh, just uh, touching on saying that it didn't go the way as planned. And I enjoyed that in the movie because the, these uh, two women are pulling are planning on pulling off this caper of robbing their uh, one of their boyfriends, the mafia boyfriend of this $2.176 million. And as they're going through it, they have like this flawless plan, like this is going to work. And then I was glad to see that it did not go as exactly how they wanted it to it, it started to fall apart and they had to improvise and it made the story much more interesting um the uh joe pantaleone pantaleone yeah it, you said his name earlier he plays the joey guy pantaleone uh, he yeah. plays the guy caesar he, he was also the actor that played cypher in the matrix series 
or the first yes one. yes wachowskis love him yes hey, can i real quick sure the uh the person who played nick in once were warriors uh-huh. was apoc in uh the matrix so there's oh. another fucking connection yeah right interesting <laughs> yeah so, so. what you i thought was familiar. uh in in the uh this plan that the two women corky and violet are coming up with to rob the mob it's the chicago mob that they're planning on robbing because like they they've heard about this money this large sum of money that's going to come into possession of the uh, boyfriend and they're going to rob him or just rob everybody and they they go about this plan thinking that they're going to be able to uh it's going to be flawless and they they kind of have for the most part it goes according to what they're thinking but what goes south is how they think that the character caesar played by joe uh, pantalones is going to do <laughs> and it does yeah, that's like, exactly that's exactly right they they assume one thing and and, and he, he reacts he, completely different exactly he reacts and i love that because they just they just think that you know uh joe pants is going to run away and he doesn't so and he just he goes off the rails and i fucking loved uh his his acting that character he was I just great. loved that direction that it went, and he just he just went fucking crazy, and it was great. Um, the overall uh, direction, you know, and I didn't know it was by the Wachowski uh, brothers. Slash, yeah, which by the way, do we still women. call them the Wachowski brothers? I, I, I just yeah, they're women. That, I just found that out tonight. Right? Yeah, they both have transitioned, but. Like when they made this movie, they were the Wachowski brothers. Yeah, at right? the time they were, and so, the Matrix too, I believe. Yeah, I, I mean, so well, these that's yeah. what they went by at the time. So I, I yeah, correct, correct. Let's go, let's, let's go ahead and get that out of the way right now, because when I was, uh, uh, first of all, when I was watching Bound, and I, I I saw some parts about it, and I was like, what what year did this movie come out? Nineteen ninety six. And I was like, what year did the Matrix come out? It's like nineteen ninety nine. And I was like, this movie has a lot. And I started to think that the Wachowski brothers pulled a lot of uh, inspiration from this movie Bound. And then I had no idea. And then watching the credits, I found out that it was done by the Wachowski brothers. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. That makes sense. And then I started to look into it. And I was like, Wachowski brothers, you know, uh, I know I've done uh, V for Vendetta, I believe. Um, Yep, yep, they did, yep. Bound, uh, Matrix, and, uh, you know, a handful of other pretty uh stellar stories and then when i pulled up their imdb profile i get this uh lana and lily wachowski and i was like well that's interesting there are a couple females that choose to go by brothers and then i dug a little bit deeper and i was like oh they're they used to have yeah they used to go by brothers and and then they both transitioned so yeah. Like I said, I know, I'm assuming now they'd want to be known as the Wachowski sisters. Be careful with pronouns right now, DP. Yeah, and that's the thing. I don't know how to refer DP. to DP. when they made but, the so, Matrix. But I don't that, know. That brings up a good point, though, because like, is Bound made by the Wachowski brothers and Matrix made by the Wachowski brothers? And then are movies, I, I don't know when they transitioned, but is a movie say made in 2020 made by the wachowski sisters 
I thought only one of them transitioned. Am I not uh, crazy? No, it's no, no, no. They one both transitioned did. much earlier. Okay. Uh, one of them okay. transitioned, and then like I think three years later. In any case, that way. that's a sidecar. That's um, I had no that's idea. Right. Real, that's real, real, real quick, real quick, and I'll let you get back to bound. Sure. They they mm-hmm. created a show on Netflix called Sense Eight, and one of the uh-huh. characters in that show uh, was a tra- was a trans character. Which, okay. by the so, way, Sense Eight. Fucking awesome show! By I like the way. I like that. I show. loved it. No yeah. matter what gender these fucking guys are, girls are, whatever they are, they are they made a, absolutely they made a good awesome film. filmmakers. Yeah. Brilliant! They're awesome they are, filmmakers. They gave yeah. us the fucking Matrix. Yeah. The Matrix oh. is one of my all-time favorites. Yeah, oh, so, they're brilliant. So, uh, I love them we, both. Let, I don't care. Let's, let's quickly circle back to Bound real quick. Sure. Sorry, sorry, yeah. Jay, sorry. No, that's okay. okay. That's okay. The, the reason I brought up the Wachowski uh, unit was that. Like I said, when I was watching this movie, I, I got Matrix vibes when I was watching it. And then tell I me, had to tell me more about that. Well, it's, it's the overhead shots. It's the overhead shots. It's the panning of the camera. You know, in the, in the Matrix, they had a much bigger budget and were able to utilize yep. this a lot more with like that famous slow mo panoramic bullet time. Is that what they called time. it? Yeah. But in Bound, they did kind of like a somewhat just uh not cheap but just utilitarian style where they just still yeah. did like the circle cam huh. but it wasn't in slow-mo and they, yeah, they it's been so long it, it's yeah. been so long since i've seen bound i kind of forgot about that but now looking back on it there's I, so many like i do see it i see yeah. that kind of their connection to the a, matrix wow. a lot of uh, and their style right yeah totally exactly. it's been a long style. time but i see it yeah it's the it's Sorry. the cinematography of the scene the scene similarity where they mm-hmm. uh and bound that they'll start from a camera down like on top of someone's head and then the camera will like slip back either to the front or to the rear of somebody matrix they do it all the time and then yep. you know they also do that slip to the back and then spin and they'll spin around a room um so you get like a full encompassing of uh like the environment of the room you almost you get the feeling it's pretty neat because you get the feeling that the camera's not necessarily there because you know and honestly this is a set where there's uh sound guys there's lighting and there's uh uh walls and set pieces but from what I've learned, when they do those rotating camera scenes, there's actually people moving set walls and the sound guy is scrambling and they're fucking like, you know, they're moving the whole thing at the whole time to make it look like you're just inside of a, an apartment. And it's just a, a, a circular, uh, you know, view as the, as the viewer. But the the movie like i said like it it took me about halfway through to really get on board right from the get-go i think it starts from uh uh, gina gershon's character is corky is in uh like the closet that's actually (laughs) yeah but she's quite little in the closet and it's funny though because her character is not like she's very uh on her sleeve of what she is yes yes very much um but the camera work is like a very obscure style of coming in and then you know right from the the first 10 seconds of the movie my my thought was like oh this this person fancies themselves a movie maker it's because it was like a very obscure, weird, like winding camera shot, like into this closet. 
And then later it made sense of why it was done that way. And I appreciated the opening sequence and almost flashback of showing uh, Gina Gershon tied up because it makes you think that she's been fucked over or she's not going to make yes. it. Yes. That's the first thing I thought the very first time I saw yeah. the movie was, oh, she got, she got screwed over. Yeah. And because they talk about that amongst each other multiple times during the movie. They're like, yes, you know, I just met you. Can I trust you? And mm-hmm. the opening sequence is somebody tied up and looks like they got fucked over. Yeah. Um, but in, in the, in the end of the movie, do we give a synopsis of what this, or a little bit, I guess, I guess the synopsis of this movie was, mm-hmm. um, they end up getting away with the money and it, it is, uh, they come up with this good plan that goes sideways, but they were able to salvage it and come away clean with a $2.176 million. And, and it's a really bloody movie. It, it is. By the end of it, it is quite bloody. Oh, uh, another actor in this movie that I love, uh, Christopher Maloney, that plays yeah. John. Oh, yes. He's a fantastic dude. Like he's, mm-hmm. he, he's got a lot of just charisma as an asshole. And he comes across like that wow. very well in this. And the... Uh, oh, Johnny, right. Johnny. Yeah, he plays the hot son. Head. Yep. A total yeah. hothead. And... Again, going back to Caesar, the character of uh, Joe Pantoliano, his his sliding into just like pretty much uh, dementia. Not dementia. What, what would you call it? Um, just full-on crazy Par- pants. Oh, the paranoia. Paranoia. Paranoia, oh, paranoia yeah. Insane paranoia. And he's just he's got a pistol that he's always pointing at somebody, like, you know, and he of shoots course. a bunch of people. It does. Um, and they, they end up besting him in the end. And my favorite part was the final killing of Caesar with, when the white paint is spilled on the apartment floor. First, yep. first the pistol goes sliding, spinning through the white paint and it like sprays paint everywhere. And then uh, uh, Jennifer Tilly, Violet, one of the women is uh, as, as the boyfriend of Caesar. She's got her pistol pointed at him and he's, you know, talking to her like how he knows what she is. They've been in a relationship. You're like, you're not going to, you're not going to shoot me. You want to do that. And she says something along the lines of, you don't know what I want or you don't know me at all. Yeah. You don't just, know shit about me. Or you don't know like shit. That, about, yeah. yeah. And she just blows him away. And it's, it's again, it's that overhead camera looking straight down, but this time, he's standing in a pool of white paint and it's in slow-mo where he's getting riddled with bullets and, and blood is red blood is sprinkling down on top of this uh, pool of white paint. And it's quite yeah, artistic it, and beautiful. Yeah. I agree. It's great. Um, I, I really like the movie. Um, the uh, as, as something I saw when looking into it, I saw that the Wachowski pair was uh, inspired by Frank Miller's <laughs> Sin City. Um, Okay. To okay. Make this. Yeah. Neo I can Noir. see that. Yeah. So that's another thing that, that, that I wanted to say. We, we, we talked about noir several weeks ago mm-hmm. and that's definitely falls in that neo noir category. Uh, we never mentioned that film, um, but it's one of those under the radar, I guess we just, you know, it was so under yeah. the radar. We didn't mention it when we were talking about uh, noir. So. And I'll, I'll let you guys, uh, 
I've got the impression that all you guys have seen this and I'll let you uh, say your piece on it. But the one thing else that I I just kind of wanted to say, Jennifer Tilly that plays Violet, um, her voice was quite annoying. It's like, she's always got like that whispering voice. It, it took me again about halfway through the movie before I kind of got over it. Um, And that's what, you know, again, Sam was saying, is this a porno? I'm like, this well, is a porno. Marky, can, can I can I speak on that real quick? Sure, go ahead. Is I what I noticed in the movie because I I did watch it again was that was the voice she used when she was around men. If you notice when she uh-huh. is with Gina Gershon when they're together, her voice is completely different. Really, I always she, thought yeah, it was oh, just oh, like she, it, it always just sounded like a cartoon character, like no, 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 or like a porn actress. Watch the scenes back with Gina Gershon; she takes it back. She actually is talking in her normal voice hmm. when she's with the. I mean, that's what I heard. Maybe I'm fucking sure. Crazy, no, that, but, that makes sense um, because she is like a call girl to the men. Well, and if you think about the whole movie, every person she encounters wants to fuck her, including gina gershon like everybody wants to fuck her um but the like even like it it, when shit breaks down with joey pants and she gets into different situations they're all trying to get in her pants first of all i don't blame them they can both of them can get it i mean first of all but um the but like when she is with gina gershon those are the only times in the movie where she actually seems that she's acting like a normal human being like Mm -hmm. she's not putting up a front where she actually feels uh safe and at home and she doesn't have to play a character yeah she can can be herself right right and that's why she fall that's why she falls in love with her even though she kind of manufactures it herself remember she drops the fucking earring down the yeah, yeah right right the well, earring that was down manufactured, the sink, yeah. but, I, I do i do like that whole uh uh that romantic encounter as a viewer because looking at it from uh gina mm, gershon's mm. point of view it does you know she even says it like you know you drop this earring down here on purpose you know uh you know she's Clearly. very she's very wary of what this of very what this uh, person is doing to her because from the get go she's flirting with her and she's trying to bring right. her in and she's an ex con too like she's probably always thinking yeah. she's getting played or she's getting conned or she's and maybe getting, she you know was when I mean? you really think about it maybe she was I mean that was yeah. like if in, like, in you a way, really think about it I think that, the that, feelings no, with well, I mean if you really think too- about it. From from Jump Street, Jennifer Tilly has a plan. Yeah, two point one seven six million dollars to get out of the life. To get out of the life, right? But was Gina Gershon her? Uh, was she really in love, or is that her way out? And it it could it looks like it could be both ways. I don't know that it could be both. Right. But we don't really know because they kind of ride off yeah, into the and sunset. And she keeps together. saying like, "No, I love you," and it. I, I think from um, uh, Gina Gershon's point of view, she does stick around. She does play the bigger person because she has she, she could have left. Money. She could have left, yeah. right? Right. She has the money. Oh, she, she was left. in love. She was in love, but that, yeah. that's what I mean. Jennifer but Tilly Jennifer from Tilly is kind of more stuck. But from you, yeah, Vi- Violet from was kind of Jump on that. Street. It was her. Jennifer Tilly orchestrated the entire relationship and everything that happened she that was her thing from jump street so whether her feelings were really or not it was gina gershon's character who was clearly in love 
Mm-hmm. So it, did did do right, did, Corky, Corky, yeah. right? Did she was Jennifer also, Tilly weird, using weird her or was it real? Name. Corky. It actually kind of it's makes probably sense, a prison especially, name. No, I'm just kidding. You know, now here we are, twenty four years later, and looking back on yeah. the, the the Wachowski siblings, uh, like like what their idea of sexuality was and uh-huh. you know you look back on it now and it's like oh okay <laughs> you know i see a little more at the time it seemed like hey what's going on but now you look yeah. back on it and it's like oh okay i get it, <laughs> it so, i know that was so fucking random but hopefully no no no, no it makes sense though <laughs> no it makes sense but also i mean real so, quick to what dp was saying though like when i was looking into this movie i saw that the uh wachowski pair were shopping around this movie because this was before that they had really like made a big name for yeah, themselves this is well before yeah and they were shopping around this story and from what i was uh reading like studio executives were saying like we like the story but we'd like it more if Corky was a male character. And they were saying, no. That's I don't think that would have worked. I, I no agree. Way. I don't think so either. And uh, that's what the, that's what the, yeah. you know, the blurb that I read said, like, no, they, the Wachowskis stood by this and said, that story has been told mm-hmm. a million times. We want to tell it right. with a pair of women. And I, I agree with you guys. Yeah, I don't think it would have worked. I'm glad they stood by that. It would, right. it, it would not have worked because it, for different. yeah, for, for one, the uh, the the near the beginning of the film, when uh, Corky and Violet first start hooking up, and uh, Joey Pants uh, first comes in, Caesar, and he's like, "What the fuck?" He's not threatened. He's like, "What the fuck?" He's not threatened by At her. first, he's yeah. like, "What the fuck? What the fuck?" And then he sees that it's Corky, a woman, and he's like, "Oh, sorry." How you, yeah, yeah. Right, and he's like, "What's up? Yeah. How you doing? You need a drink?" Takes her for granted. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, hundred percent. And they Can get I, the they get the pussy pass. They get the woman pass. <laughs> yes, the yes. Best part throughout the movie. Hey, TW. So Ooh. you watched it again, and mm-hmm. I did yesterday. Mm-hmm. How does it hold up for you compared to the original viewing? Oh, dude, it's still mm. it's it's still brilliant. It it really is. Um, I think I like it more now because the first time I saw it, like I, I was a young oh, kid. Oh, I, I was freaking was I mean, digging it the other night. I was like, I couldn't believe how much I still liked it. Yeah, cool. I mean, like I was a young kid when I first saw it, uh, but like, I, oh, it's still so good. And, and it's like, for me, it's one of, I mean, I cannot think of another movie in my life that had more fucking twists. Yeah. I mean, every goddamn five minutes, it's another god. It reminds me of a Tarantino movie. Like it mm. is just, it's like the so, yeah. it's so, twist every god. Oh, and then there's this. Oh, we're doing this, and then and then it just turns it on its head. I that's actually actually, think that's, that's why yeah. I saw this movie. Like, uh, admittedly, I haven't watched it since it first came out. Like, I remember seeing it. I think it was whatever ninety eight or so and at that point i think that was kind of like how it was sold it was like oh this is kind of like a tarantino like film you gotta it check so it out is. But and it is tarantino at that point i love tarantino so i watched this movie back then and i did love it and now hearing y'all recap it 
now and it's bringing back these memories i'm kind of mad i didn't rewatch. no it's so good it's so good and then like it honestly i loved it 20 years ago for me joey joey pants was amazing joey pants is always amazing for me uh for me gina gershon is a is on like my top 10 who can get it list she has been she has been for like 25 fucking years she's so gorgeous and uh like and that but that's part of what makes the movie so compelling is she is so goddamn captivating even in kind of she kind of plays this almost like oh oh i'm being taken advantage i'm kind of like you know i'm kind of a dummy kind of role but she's so gorgeous and she's such a great actress that i i, I think it really i think she carries yeah she well. she needed something like that after fucking showgirls so yeah yeah right right oh I, my I, god that's right she was in showgirls yeah and jennifer she's tilly like the bad guy right jennifer tilly is super <laughs> underrated as an actress i think she she's good i think she does like i said i think she does a great job in the movie I think she plays the damsel in distress really well, but then she has this other side where she's really concocting this entire right. thing. Yeah, she's very just smart. because my I mean, client she... has been written more than Seattle Slough, is irrelevant. Don't say it. <laughs> Don't. Don't say it. Is it liar, liar? Yes, yes sir. Marky. Uh, uh, <laughs> yes, sir. I got one. I got one. <laughs> so got I, guess, I, I guess we got to go to the ratings, right? Uh, and Marky, yeah. Marky, hit me. With this movie, oh, oh, let me let me um, just throw throw uh, a little bit. I guess not trivia, but another little story or story your guys' way um, when reading into this movie. You know, so that uh, somewhat uh, risque sex scene between the two actresses there. Um, that, which, by the way, at the time wasn't somewhat risque. It was very risky. Oh no! Yeah, it, it is very risky. And, 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 and yeah, now it's just what else? But at the time, it's, it was it's like, still not that soft. <laughs> I mean, it's it's still pretty. Uh, yeah, pretty. I mean, soft core, not hardcore. I mean, but yeah. but in, in any case, the uh, from what I was reading, that when they first submitted that movie to the, would it be the. Uh, uh, FCC or the MPAA or uh, whatever governing body, they gave it the, uh, an NC-17 rating because of that sex scene. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah I remember, I remember reading that. Yeah. And the reason they gave it that uh, rating was because they said it's because you could see that one of the characters was their hand, they were diddling the other person. Yes. And so they, they had like multiple takes of the sex scene. And so they ended up going with a version of the sex scene that did not show the hand on the privates of the other person. But at the same time, it ended up showing more boobs. And <laughs> like uh, from what the Wachowskis were saying, like the version that they liked, that they submitted, that just happened to show a hand on the crotch of one of the characters like they said like the shadows the lighting was perfect like the breasts were covered up it was like very just like well done and then the the board was like no you can see a hand on somebody's privates and that's just like dirty and so like we need you to change that and so they submitted this other version where you can't see a hand but you end up seeing like four titties and like 
the all the lights are on and so there's no shadows and like it's just illuminated and they're like yeah that's fine and they're like all right well i guess we're going with the one that shows more nudity and just not a hand it's, it's right. just kind of ridiculous marky so when i was um so this movie came out in 1996 in 1997 i uh, was working at a video store in the burlington mall in the town here where i live called suncoast video i worked there for, oh, oh my god I, I work i worked there for like two years right yeah uh bound came out so it was mm-hmm. came out in 96 i was there in 97 bound came out but there was another version of the movie you could order, like especially that was the NC-17 version. And like these like weird dudes would come in and special order that fucking With a NC-17. trench coat and a hat pulled down tight. I was at legitimately just <laughs> about to at explain that exactly that. the way. Yes, I'm telling you, those were the dudes that would come in and be like, hey, I want a special order bound. And they would come in for the NC-17 version. And we would get about a dozen of them at a time for these weird guys that would come in and get copies like DP. I, mean, I think, DP, you were probably one of those dudes. Now, no, 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 no. <laughs> I was not one of those dudes. <laughs> but uh, so we, we need to know. We need to get ratings now, boys. Uh-huh. Yeah, so for uh, Bound, that was my first time watching it. I didn't know anything about it. Like I said, I didn't know it was by uh, the Wachowski brothers. I'm going to keep calling them that because that's how I always knew them. Yeah, at the and, time. Uh, that's at the time and then in the Matrix. Yeah. And like I said, it was very fun for me to watch this movie. Um, and it wasn't – it was less than halfway through. Like I said, halfway through the movie, it took – it, it's it sunk its hooks into me and i was in and i was really hanging on to what was going on but before that happened i started looking at it and thinking like this movie looks like it inspired the matrix and then when it was done and i saw wachowski's name on it i was like oh shit that's cool that makes so sense. that that was yeah and that that was fun and it's i really enjoyed it was uh, not to overplay the words that we use, but I f- it was a, a bit of a slow burn, but the, the climax, the last third of the movie was very enjoyable to watch. And it was a roller coaster and just to see the payoff and the shootouts and to see that character Caesar played by Joe Panto Liano uh, just lose his fucking marbles and just go nuts was fantastic to see. Um, I'm not going to rate it extremely high, but it was a very uh, good movie. I'm going to give it like a 3.85, above a three and a quarter, 3.85. Still pretty high. That's still pretty good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Very respectable. Yeah. AJ, where AJ, I put it from what I remember of the movie. AJ, yeah. it, was your, it was your pick. What's your, what's your, Rating. Yeah. Well, I rewatched it again, so uh, <clears throat> I, in in some ways, I agree with Marky about the beginning. It does have like sort of that. I don't know how you want to put it. Like, uh, it takes a while to some, get going. Yeah, it takes a little while to get going, but once it does, I I can't rate it any lower than a four. So I give it a four. All right, boys. Well, that's uh, that's. That's that we just got through pick a movie round two. 
listen, great stuff tonight. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, it was... This was a fun episode. I, yeah, like man, I said, I like we it. loved it last time we did it. Back by I love it this time demand. we did it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll definitely have round three at some point. It yeah, you know like... what? You know what? Somebody, whoever thinks of it for round three, do like a uh, something. We did under the radar this time, like something else to spice it up. Yeah. No, no uh, this, this, this topic's going to become like a popular one where we're, you know, where we're going to recycle it a lot. Well, I feel. You know, yeah, yeah the, 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 the whole pick a movie idea I, I love because with the way that it's going, like, even if we're not doing the podcast, I feel like I can reach out to you guys and be like, hey, I'm trying to find something to watch. Tell me something. Hell no. Moon. You know what I mean? so, yeah, that's what this is all about. Marky, Marky Moon, Sam Rockwell. Yeah. Oh, I know it. I love that movie. Yeah, damn it, too, that was the one I was gonna pick. Too here. late. If you're listening and you've got a a movie that's been under the radar that you think we should watch, fucking email it to us. Hit us up on uh, social media. Tell us a movie that we should watch that has flown under the radar that you love. Uh would love to watch it and talk about it. So yeah, hit us up. We're at uh, Movie Council Pod on social media, or send us an email, moviecouncilpod at gmail dot com. We would love to hear from you. Like I said, if you're listening on uh, Apple on iTunes, rate review the podcast. It helps somehow. I don't know the, <laughs> but it helps. It helps us. So please. Give us five stars. Write a review. Always fun. Great. Yeah, honestly, I had a blast. These movies this week are so fucking good. DP wants Warriors. Oh, my fucking God. Yeah, I've got two more movies to watch. I haven't seen that. I I might might watch that again tomorrow. Oh, I can't. I'm I'm obsessed with it. Yeah, if I'm feeling I want to kill myself, I'll watch it again. (laughs) uh, Or if you want to see something amazing. Well, or, well, I mean, right. All right. Let's we're gonna we put a long tail on this kite. Let's fucking end it. All right, uh, guys. Let's end it. Great Gentlemen. job this week. Fucking uh, these movies were awesome. Every fuck we're talking four badass goddamn movies. Uh, this is awesome. You guys crushed it. We all crush it every fucking week because that's what we do. But uh, we're gonna call it. And the next week, it's your it's your boy. It's your boy's birthday. So uh, I really. Yeah. Uh, I'm really, I'm really interested to see what happens. I really am. So uh, yeah, until next week, enjoy. Uh, for everyone that's listening, we love you guys. Thank you so much. We're going to call for the night. Good night. Night. Good night. Love you, Mom. Hush, little baby. Don't say, don't say a word. Yeah, Mom is going to buy you a mockingbird. Yeah. Us singing better not end up on the podcast. The movie council is adjourned.